You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, how Kiara lost $300,000 and is on her way to financial redemption. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Now, this episode of the podcast, wow. I sat down again with episode guest 131. So Kiara Miss Unconventional was originally on the podcast episode 131. She shared her amazing story from going broke and living in her car to traveling the world on a path to reach financial independence. You don't have to necessarily listen to that episode before you listen to this one, but it is and it does give you good context. But with this episode, Kiara told me she wanted to come back on the show and give an update on where she was in her financial independence journey. Now, typically when people come back on the show, they're sharing maybe that they've reached you know, an amazing milestone, maybe they're reached financial independence or something else. Kiara has another type of story to tell. She is sharing how she actually lost, was scammed out of $300,000, her, essentially her and her husband's life savings, their investments. And I wanted Kiara to share the story. She wanted to share the story because she wanted to share what it's like in the middle, the messy middle, the really messy middle and how it came to be, what she did, what happened. And what I'm most drawn into with Kiara's story is how she is withstanding this loss. And what I want you to listen out for, to listen to is the path that she was on before she lost the money, this path of the internal worth, the internal wealth that she was building. And it's something I talk about all the time. You know, I know we want to reach all the goals, all the goals, all the money, have all that, but all that can be gone in a second and you'll hear from Kiara. And so I hope this story teaches all of us a bit about loss and redemption and also allows us to see really where our values truly lie and where our wealth truly lies. So with that, we're going to get into the episode. You will hear Kiara talk about Terry Ijeoma's course, Trade and Travel. I partner with Terry to share more about investing. So Terry is someone who's been on the podcast before and talks about investing in another way than I typically do. And she has an amazing program. But in the episode, you'll hear Kira talk a little bit about it. If you do want to find more information about that program, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash Terry. Otherwise, let's get into the episode and then we'll talk a little bit after the debrief. Journey to Launch is supported by First Republic Bank. Whether your goal this year is to buy a home, start a family, or start a business, First Republic is prepared to support your financial goals with extraordinary service. From day one, your dedicated First Republic banker will be in your corner, focused on understanding you and your needs. Together, you'll design the financial solution that best fits your personal and professional goals. And as your needs evolve, you can always call or message your dedicated banker directly from their mobile app for anything that comes up along the way. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. 
If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Hey, journeyers, I have returning guests on the rocket, on the rocket, in the rocket. If you were on the rocket, that'd be very dangerous. You need to be inside with me, (laughs) Kiara. Kiara from episode 131, Miss Unconventional. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jamila, for having me back on. I can't wait to talk to you. Okay, so you sent me a message. You were, you know, I follow you since we connected and you were on the podcast, which everyone, she was on episode 131. Her title of that podcast was From Broke and Living in a Car to Traveling the World. So it's definitely a episode you need to listen to. And in that episode, you were really close to reaching financial independence. You talk more about like how you went from being broke to like living out your dreams. And so you sent me an um, you sent me a message and you were like, I have some updates for you that I want to share with fellow journeyers. And I don't know the details because I wanted to wait to hear them in the conversation, but part of it involves you losing everything or mostly a lot of your money after you reach financial independence and now you building that back up. So we're going to get into it, guys. Mm-hmm. Before we do, can you take us to the last time we spoke? You were like in school on your way, like really close to reaching your financial independence number. What happened since then? Yeah. So the last time we spoke, I believe it was September 2019. I was in Zagreb studying for my MBA in HR. And I had already reached debt freedom by that time because I had worked a six-figure contract in Afghanistan teaching English to Afghani women who serve in the Afghan National Army. And uh, my husband also worked in Afghanistan and and all of that. And so we both had become debt-free. Well, he was debt-free before I was, but it was my goal to become debt-free before we got married. And that happened. And so We were on our way to financial independence. We were just stacking our money. We were going to save and we're going to invest. We put it all, like we maxed out our 401k at the company we were at twice. And then we had our savings and all that stuff. So literally around the time that we were talking, I was planning on, you know, entering into an HR leadership development program in corporate America. Like I was going to go that route and then do like a side hustle, like Miss Unconventional was going to be like a side hustle. And then I went to Malta for a business retreat with Glow Atanmo. And that retreat changed my life. I came back and I couldn't think about anything else but Miss Unconventional. And so for my last uh, assignment it, uh, in one of my courses, it was a career planning assignment where we had to actually do these personality tests. And based on the results of the personality test, we were supposed to come up with our career path. And so I thought, oh, this would be the perfect opportunity for me to drop the bomb on my teacher and, you know, my classmates that I will no longer be matriculating through this program. And it just so happened that that same day, my husband was coming in from uh, Afghanistan. And so he was going to get he was going to get it at the same time they were going to get the news. Right. So that's what happened. I told them I was dropping out. I was going full time entrepreneur to pursue my dreams because I I wasn't sure if I was going to have that momentum again. 
right? Like I just wanted to capitalize on, I'm like, school will always be there. I can always go back. But what I can't guarantee is that I'll have this type of passion and momentum and fire. So I did that. And if you want me to get into how I came into contact with this opportunity (laughs) that went sour, then I can do that. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was. Yeah. And you know, you're, and again, if you want to hear the details of how Kiara first got out of debt and then, you know, got the contracting job in Afghanistan, like how she completely turned her life around episode 131. But I would, yeah, love to hear because here you are now, you're out of debt. You now have, we saw that entrepreneurship is the way to go. So you change and pivot. So what happens next? So how close were you to financial independence at the point now you're making the decision to quit? Because when we talk about financial independence, just to step it back a bit. So in the technical sense, right? And you can, you can tell me if you thought of it in a different way, but now you're, you have saved and invested enough money that you actively don't have to work. You can live off your investments. Is that how you were looking at your financial independence number two? Yes, that's exactly. But I just didn't plan on, you know, not working at all, but I just wanted to reach that number for what it signified, that security that it signified, but I was going to continue working on my business. Right. And at this point, when you decided to quit or the program, were you really close? How close were you to your financial independence number? We were about almost 200K. Away? No, we were in 200K in. Like, that's how much like we had. Like, that was our net worth. Okay. So you had 200,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us at that 4%, like, you know, we could have, we would have been like having to do geo arbitrage and like live out, you know, outside of the States and to, you know, in one of the cheaper countries, but we could have done it with that amount. Right. So technically we were like almost there. Right. Okay. And so then what happened with this opportunity? So in November 29, no, October, 2019. So only maybe a month or two after I spoke to you, I randomly ran into old friends um, I used to work with on the cruise ship in Hawaii. Remember last time I told you that I worked on a cruise ship as well. And it was just like on the streets of Zagreb, a random street. I had decided to go get lunch right before class. And it was not like a main hub. It was not. So it was random. And I like was crying. She was crying. Like her husband. we all just had a reunion. But it turns out that for the last three years, they had been retired in the sense that we just spoke of, right? Like, and they were traveling the world and they were on track to hit like a hundred countries. And so of course I was asking them like how, (laughs) how they were doing it. And they told me that they were living off of their interests of their investments. And obviously that's something I know about, right? As someone, a student of FIRE, I'm like, oh, tell me more, right? (laughs) And so I inquired further and discovered that a friend of theirs had a business trading on the foreign exchange for other people. So he was essentially trading um, on Forex for them. And of course, like he would take 50%, but they would receive five and a half percent per month of their total investment portfolio. Yes. Of what they were investing. Yes. And if you know anything about the foreign exchange, you know that five and a half percent, that's pretty conservative compared to what you could make if you were being really aggressive. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, first off, that's almost that's almost 90% a year. Like, you know what I mean? That's crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, five and a half percent a month trading on a foreign exchange. I'm like, but that makes sense because people do make that kind of money. And that's actually, that's not that much, right? So I'm thinking to myself, this makes sense. And it wasn't one of those MLM setups where like they didn't get paid to refer me or anything like that. It, it wasn't like a part of, 
oh, they get me in and they sign me up and they make money off of my money. It was nothing like that. I talked to my husband about it, told him everything that they had told me. And like, these are good people, Jamila, like they had no reason to like lie or anything like that. So it wasn't, I didn't feel anything in my gut was wrong with the whole situation. Like nothing. If anything, I felt on fire. I'm like, we finally figured it out. This is the way forward. This is how we're going to do it. Right. So I'm like pumping it up. Um, my husband is on board and we get in contact with the guy who trades for them and he gives us a contract. I read over the contract. It seems legit enough. Like Jamila, I'm not an idiot. I promise you. <laughs> like I'm, I've read like 50 personal development books in my life. And like, I'm, I, I consider myself to be well-versed, but there were no red flags. And so we started with 25 K and we wanted to see, Hey, are we going to get 5% to like five and a half percent? Cause the range was three and a half to six and a half percent. But he said it was hovering over that five percent for them for the last couple years right okay so before you keep going this sounds like a movie honestly this sounds like the start of a movie uh where you meet i feel like i'm old friends <laughs> and like they're telling you about this thing okay let's step back a little bit and i want to talk about forex trading if you can just give us a little context um you know you don't have to get too deep in but just for someone mm-hmm. who's not really completely familiar with that and like what that mm-hmm. is so it's the art of trading currencies right So with the stock market, you're trading pieces of a company, right? Like you're trading, you're trading stocks uh, in a company, you know, one moment they might be up, like Tesla might be up and then the next day the stock plummets, right? But with foreign exchange, you're trading currencies, the US dollar, Japanese yen, the euro, the pound, that's what you're trading instead, instead of the stock. That's the best, that's the simplest way I can explain it. Right. Okay. And so you meet this, so you meet friends who've been dealing with someone who's doing this and making them money and they introduce you to him and you start out. So you give him 25,000 because typically he helps return 5%, right? So what would that have been? Like you're thinking, all right, let's see what he could do with this 25,000. And I told my husband, I was like, look, I'm putting in my money first for the first couple of months. Like I'll show you that this is legit, right? So I put in my money first. I'm like 25K. And a month later, we get our statement and it's roughly 5%, right? A little bit over. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I put in another 25K in my money (laughs) just to see. And again, it happened again. And so the third time, Ilya puts in some of his money. And this brings us to January when we went all in. Because we saw for like two and a half months that this was consistent. And we were like, okay, let's just put it all in. So we put maybe like 195K, I think, in um, by the end of it. And so that was January. And when we saw like that statement come February, we were like, oh, we're rich, you know? (laughs) Okay. And I want to give people math here. So you put it in 195. So if you were getting 5% of that. Five and a half percent. Five and a half percent. Okay. So let me do that again. Almost $11,000 that you got returned on that money. And did you have to, how did you fund that? Was it like you took money from your 401k or investment accounts? Well, we had already taken our money out of the 401k, put it into our checking account and we transferred it from our checking account. And so you had to pay also penalties on that. We did have to pay penalties on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But you're like, all right, at this point, if I can make this back like this, you're all right. So now you're all in, you put 195,000 in, you got that, that first five and a half percent return. Yeah. Okay. What happens next? Oh my gosh. I feel like this is like building up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, so we got that, that first indication that like, 
okay, this is financial freedom. Because if you can't live off of $11,000, then something's wrong with you. Like that's how we were <laughs> like, something's wrong with us if we can't manage to live off of this, right? Like we were living off of much lower than that before. So anyway, February hit. So March, we decide to cancel our 12 cities and 12 months tour because, uh, you know, we were, that was not sustainable, obviously. And good that we did because right when we moved to Dallas, COVID hit like two weeks after we started taking out the money. We started living on the money from March on. Right. And I'm talking 10,000 here, 15,000 here. This is the return from what was coming from the portfolio that he was trading for you. The monthly return that you were living off of. Right. The interest we were, we were starting to withdraw once a month based on the interest. So we wouldn't take all of the interest. We would just take you know, like a little bit less so that the rest of it, like whatever we left, maybe it was 2K or 3K, it would go back to the, it would be added to the principal and it would continue to build. Right. And so we did that up until September. I'm telling you, in September, we withdrew our largest amount, which was 25,000. And the reason we did that is because I had a couple of programs that I wanted to invest in, self-publishing school, all these things. And so we we did it because I wanted to invest in these programs for my business and all that stuff. And Literally less than two weeks after we made that big withdrawal, we get noticed that the courts had placed a freeze on his personal and business accounts, including our money that was in his business accounts. So we no longer had access to that money. When we tried to email him, a notice popped up said basically from his lawyer, like, don't email here, no more contact the CFTC. You know, this is an ongoing investigation, you know. So honestly, Jamila, I was hopeful. I was optimistic because, you know, throughout the whole year, I had done so much personal development work. And even prior to that, like so much uh, mindset work, so much like emotional wellness work that I didn't feel the brunt of it. You know, like I didn't feel like, oh, you just lost like $300,000 because that's pretty much what it grew to be by that time. Yeah. Okay. And so I, that's why I'm glad you said the number because I'm wondering at this point, how much was in the account? So 300000 Yeah, about $305,000. Wow. That you no longer have access to. That's it. I no longer have access to. It is frozen and we don't even know if it's all still there because obviously this is a pending investigation. And But all we know is that he collected up until 2013, he collected over $57 million worth of funds. And they claim that he misappropriated 47 million of it. So we don't even know if everybody, he had over 1100 clients. So we don't even know if all the money for all the clients was in those accounts or anything like that. We don't know if, if that means that it's gone in terms of everybody's funds. And he wasn't just the the saddest thing about this is like, he wasn't just trading for strangers. He was trading for his family and friends. Like this is a public figure. Like this is somebody like who's known like in his own right in his field. So it wasn't like he's some tech guy behind a desk, like ripping people off. Like these, like his family and friends are also involved, like including my friend who's a, who's mutual friend. Right. Yeah, I just couldn't believe. And that's the reason why I think I couldn't believe it either. I'm like, I know I hear about this stuff. You know, you watch like the Wolf of Wall Street and all that stuff. And you know, they do it to strangers. But I didn't think I've never heard of anybody doing it to like their family and friends. So I just didn't think it was possible. And, you know, like I was just on my Florence Scoville shin, speak positivity into existence. 
you know, even my husband who, you know, is not a believer or anything like that. He was trying to think positive thoughts. Like he was, you know, we both were trying to stay strong for the family and friends that we got into it. And so, yeah, like it's, it's crazy because you had a webinar with Terry is Yoma and you know, that's my girl. I love her. She don't know me, but I love her. And back when you got, when you had that webinar, I had purchased trade and travel as a gift for my husband because I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. And when I uh, purchased the trade and travel for him, he, it took him about a month to dive into it, but he dove in and he like Jamila, he started killing it. Like I'm talking ever since that moment, like ever since he started learning from her, he was making anywhere from 10 to 20% a month. Like he's double, he's doubled his money. He hit the thousand dollar a day club like two months ago. So I, I mentioned that because had that not happened, this was prior to us losing anything. This was us just like wanting to diversify, wanting to diversify our skills, our knowledge and our money. And eventually I'm like, oh, you know, he's trading a currency for us. Let's trade stocks for ourselves. Let's diversify, right? That was my thought process. Like learn this since you're at home thinking you're my executive assistant. I need you to like actually do some work that can give us some return. Right. So to back up a little, you started Terry's program kind of before all everything kind of blew yeah, up. Yeah, just back in the summer. When we did the first class together. Yeah, when yeah. was the webinar? July, like, I think we did our first one in July. So July, that's when it was. Okay. Step me back a bit too. So you guys are very hopeful. You're seeing returns on this portfolio and you're continuing to go in. You continue, to, like you said, diversify and learn different ways to trade. So this person, you said like he was a public figure. Like was he, where was he based? And I'm drilling down to these questions and then we're going to get to like where you are now, because I also want people to like understand like how this can happen to people, right? Like you would think like, oh, like that, that would happen to me or I wouldn't be interested in something like that, but you'd be surprised. And the difference between, you know, like real solid opportunities like Terry and her training course, and then something like this, I want to be able to like talk through right. that. And that makes sense. And that's the reason why I'm on here to like, you know, really show people, but yeah, he's US based Florida, you know, so he's an American. It's not like he's some guy in Serbia or something like doing this, like, no, he's, he's a US citizen. And so it's crazy to think about how all of this unfolded, but had we not been thinking like that, cause we could have just been content with what we were getting right? We didn't have to think outside the box about like how we can diversify, how we can learn new skills, how we can start doing other things. You know, me like continuing with my business, Ilya even wanting to still work as a contractor, teaching explosive ordnance disposal and all that. He's still doing that because he didn't want to, like that's his passion. He loves this stuff. So he was still doing that, learning uh, Terry's course on the side. We had all these things in the works. And so, which had we not, it would have probably been an even tougher blow. So yeah, like that's, we were kind of setting ourselves up, but still the biggest takeaway, the biggest lesson that I learned was no matter how good that basket looks, not to put all your eggs in them. And I knew that I'm a smart girl. I knew not to put all my eggs in one basket, which is why we were taking all these other steps, but we were too slow. We were too slow in diversifying because we're like, man, he's been doing this since 2013. Our friends have been withdrawing way more than we do every month. Like, you know what I mean? For, for their lifestyle and all that stuff consistently with no issues. And so there was just no red flags. And I honestly, 
if I were to go back to the moment where they were telling me about it, I still think it would have been the same thing because again, there was nothing. I've run this over and over in my head trying to figure out because there's usually like red flags. There's usually, even if you think there isn't like you think about it enough, there's some red flags, but there was, for me, there was nothing. So when it comes to that type of business model, is that something that people actually do and is something sustainable? Like this way that you give people money to trade on your behalf? Like, is that something that is legal one and that people actually, it's a sustained business model for people? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like with hedge funds and things like that, people who do it on a grander scale, like that's basically what it is. Somebody gave you their money to then trade on their behalf, but, but we only hear about it on the grand scale. We don't hear about the person who, you know, has maybe 10 to 15 people that they trade for, which is completely legal. My, my husband, even after all of this, he was like, I've discovered my, my purpose now. My purpose is to restore or recoup what our friends and family have lost by trading, by trading for them, by getting good enough to trade for them because it is legal and he can do that. And to just prove to people that not every trader is a scam artist. Right. And, and I guess that's the thing, right? Cause then you hear stories like this and you're just like, but why that's why they go to the bigger, maybe companies, even though they just are, they have same types of sometimes scams and things happening. I just think this is such a interesting thing. And, you know, as it comes to financial independence and that's the thing, right? You, you, to whom much is given, much is required, like to whom this information that we're receiving, these doors that are opening up for us, like the opportunities that we didn't know were possible, right? Like you didn't, had no clue about this when um, you saw your friend and they told you about this. So you didn't know that it was like, you could get into it this way. I thought it was for white men. Like I thought that the white men did this for each other. And like, to be honest, if I'm being completely honest. And it's still probably a legit way that people make money, right? Um, But it's just like, I find that, there's levels to it. Right. And like, I guess on a scale of like, not, you know, risky, risky, if you were like to look at, okay, investing in, you know, putting money in a savings and putting money in a high yield account and putting money in your 401k and all these things are like, as you keep going now, you're going to invest taxable investments and then possibly now, okay, investing like the way Terry does it. Okay. Now next level investing like Forex or even crypto, like there's levels to this. And at every level, there are legit people who can help you. There are legit ways to become wealthy, but also feel like, you know, it scares a lot of people. So I guess part of this is I don't want to scare people from taking appropriate risk, but I do want to put people on notice that you do have to be careful. So do your due diligence, make sure they're registered with the CFTC, make sure, you know, that they're just in compliance, you know, like do your due diligence on the company and make sure they're in compliance on, on all cylinders, because that's maybe something that could have provided the red flag. The fact that he was exempt when he first started, first started trading from registering with the CFTC. But as you grow and get bigger and bigger and have more clients, you have to register. So that could have been the possible red flag had we looked into that, but we didn't. Okay. So that for me, so as learning lessons, you know, looking back when you talk about not seeing a red flag, but you would have done differently where you would have looked him up to see if he was registered when you went into business with him. Yes, it was just an oversight it, because I, I trusted, you know, my friends and the fact that they were his friends. He had like he traded for his family. Like it, it, I truly just had this naive trust and um, I didn't do my due diligence and checking. 
maybe actually now that I think about it and now that we're talking about it, that would be the thing that I would do if I were to go back and and, and this were to be the case again. Yeah. And again, you know, you could be sitting and be like, well, like I'd never do something like that. And they always say sometimes people start out with the best intentions. Like, I don't know this person, but there are people like that with possibly good intentions and then things get carried away. They're not, you know, I don't know why he got caught up, but it just also feels like part of what has allowed you. So if you go back to, you know, to your story, Kara, about how you elevated yourself from being, you know, broke in a car to, you know, teaching in Afghanistan and building the wealth that you've built and just being such a, like a dynamic business owner, like part of that guts that you've had to be able to do that also then, you know, puts you in a position then to take risks that other people maybe would not even be in a position to take. Right. Exactly. Right. So I feel like it's the gift and the curse because, you know, I have no doubt. And I know you're going to talk a little bit more about this, like at what you're doing to build yourself back up. But I think that's like your gift is that you probably are very, you know, like, all right, like you go after it, like you're doing. Cause when you first told me you were in Afghanistan, teach, I'm like, whoa, like, even though I don't know really how it is, like, that is like, wow, that must be risky. So I do, you know, you yeah, have that kind of personality. Of <laughs> <laughs> right. So I just think it's fascinating. Now, a quick word from one of our sponsors of the podcast today, Athena Club. Ladies, we deserve better than having to choose between either cheap disposable razors or overpriced brands. In trying to save money and cut costs, I've made the mistake of buying those cheap disposable razors that cause razor burns or cuts, and honestly, they were just poorly designed. Thankfully, I found the Athena Club Razor. The Athena Club Razor is expertly designed with the sharpest patented blades on the market. These one-of-a-kind blades are enhanced with a revolutionary water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid for a skin-soothing shave with maximum hydration. In fact, the Athena Club Razor is the only razor designed with hyaluronic acid. The best part is the razor kit. It's only $9, which includes two five-blade razor heads. Your choice of razor handle color, I chose the coral color, and a magnetic holder for easy storage. So now I can get new blades shipped regularly and I never run out. Plus, get this, Athena Club lets you take a survey to choose how often you want your replacement blades shipped to your door and how many you like in each shipment. Subscriptions that you can manage carefully are such a convenient way to save money. And with Athena Club, you can pause a shipment, cancel and restart at any time. And it doesn't stop at the incredible razors with Athena Club. They carry all self-care essentials you need from period care to body care and even a probiotic and multivitamin. And every product is vegan and cruelty free. So stop using razors that under deliver and switch to Athena Club. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use the promo code JOURNEY. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with promo code JOURNEY for 20% off. As I'm thinking about journeyers listening to this, as they're thinking about their own journey, you know, maybe they are, are a little bit more risk adverse than you and even me. But it's just the matter of doing your due diligence and really taking time and knowing the kind of risk you can afford to take. So even with Terry's program, right? I know one of the things that I personally have not taken Terry's program, but I have close family and friends like my sister, my best friend, people who I who trust and tell me the truth have. And then all the receipts that people like really who have taken it say like it's legit. But there are some people who when they listen to Terry or hear that I'm doing something with her, just like, oh no, like, what is this? It seems like a scam. 
And that for me was hard because I'm like, the last thing I want to do is to like introduce my audience to anyone that could possibly hurt them in a way. But then also giving my audience, hopefully if you've been listening this whole time to the, to the podcast and to the things that Terry and I, when we do the classes together, is that it's never positioned as get rich. It's she's not trading for you. Yeah, you're learning it on your own. And these are the things where I want, even whether it's Terry or someone else that you're interested in doing or another type of program, maybe it's not in, maybe it's real estate, is that you take the appropriate risk. So if something costs to invest in the program to learn a thousand, seven hundred dollars, twenty five hundred, five thousand, that it may be risky for you to do it because, you know, this is money that you could put somewhere else. But if you lost it, you would not be destitute. You can still have a roof over your head because the last thing I'd want is for someone to like, put their last into anything like that. And then something happens, but it's also having the confidence and the knowledge that even if you were to, you know, not do the work or lose your money and you have the knowledge to be able to move forward in a way that can help you, whether it's a lesson learned or not. And so I just want to like dig down into that because I do think what's going to help you moving forward and what's probably helping you already is all the things you have gained from the experience moving forward. And here's the silver lining, so to speak. Had we not had that interest coming in and living off of that for eight months or whatever, we wouldn't have experienced a lot of what we experienced. We wouldn't have been able to do a lot of what we did. I wouldn't have been able to grow my business the way that I did. There's a lot that would not have happened. So I can't say that it was all all bad. And there's always a seed of opportunity in every tragedy and every, in every failure, you know? So for us, it's looking at what happened and what we did and learning from it and being able to move forward wiser and just, you know, hell bent on getting, restoring, recouping, you know, our loss, but also becoming stronger than ever. Like this, this is a true test for a relationship, a marriage, right? Like the number one cause of divorce, I think it's what communication and then finances and then infidelity. Those are the top three. Finances is huge, right? A lot of people would probably divorce. If I was married to anybody else, they probably would have divorced me, <laughs> you know, but he's like, no, we did this together. Like, you know, this is, this is our situation. It's our problem. But a lot of couples may not have been prepared or ready to deal with this type of loss. And so it tested us and we are so much stronger. When I tell you it pulled us even closer together, which I didn't think was possible. It pulled us even closer together because we had to start getting really resourceful. And even like, so my husband went from when we first started dating to being like what I would call an atheist to now being sort of like agnostic because like we've been, we, it's weird. It's really weird to see the changes in our relationship and in his way of thinking and, and even his spirituality. And so like, I'm like, oh, maybe this was the catalyst. Maybe this was the way to bring you closer. God, I don't know, but I wish it was a little more subtle, but if this is what- like it, it didn't have to be 300,000. It could have been, you know, 10, like, come on. Like, we're going to give you 10, maybe 20, but then the whole bag. I would have learned my lesson at five, okay? Like- Right. <laughs> The whole daggone bag. But my friend kept telling me, she's like, God keeps telling me to, uh, to tell you, Kier, that he's going to restore everything that you lost and, and, and then some. And so I just believe that. So that's part of the, the mindset that we're going in. And I'll never forget uh, a couple months ago, my husband said he, he, we were both kind of like crying on the phone. 
um, he was away and he was like, Kiera, he's like, I woke up this morning and I just felt like, I, he's like, and I know you're probably going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? He's like, but I just think we have to forgive. I know that sounds crazy, but I think we have to forgive. And I'm like, who, who are you? <laughs> and what have you done with my husband? You know, but he was right. We have to forgive in order to just release and move on because we can sit there and marinate in misery or we can start doing so, taking back control of our life and doing something about it and putting in, putting in place a plan to get everything that, you know, that's ours by divine right. Oh my gosh. Yes. And do you think losing that amount of money is all similar to, um, a, I don't want to say it's like a near death experience, but you know, like people who have had those near-death experiences, like they come back and they have a, a different view of the world and life and time. Do you feel like your money, had, like the concept of money has changed for you? Because to lose it all like that, and there's so many people who, you know, whether it have lost like everything and like had to start from zero again, do you feel like it's changed your perspective of money? Do you feel like at the end of the day, you would take more risks because it's just money? Like you're still, like you experience what most people are, terrified of like losing all their money and therefore like all of it right but you're still alive you're still breathing the well kicking <laughs> breathing right and so when i think about smaller risk you know whether it's a you know investment in a course or a program or just doing things in life and you think about well you ask yourself will i die no i'm still alive i'm still breathing there's a chance all that to say do you perceive do you look at money differently like actually it's not as big as a deal or do you feel like you actually hold more value to it now? That's a, an amazing question. Thank you for asking it because it's really important. And I'm going to tell you right now, for me, yes, I look at money differently now. It's definitely feels like a surreal, like out of body experience, but I think it is rooted in all of the personal development work I did prior to, like the fact that I've been able to withstand this and keep a positive and optimistic outlook on life and still feel like that as long as I'm the one making the risk, I will continue to take calculated risk in the future. Some people will let this experience like shut them down forever, put all their money into a savings account or under their bed and like never ever think of it again. That's not the way we're thinking about it. And I say all that to say there are other people who lose everything and they, they sadly commit suicide they go into a deep state of depression. They're never the same again. So it really is rooted in the work that you do on yourself every single day. Had I not been reading, journaling, practicing gratitude on a daily basis inside of my morning and evening routines, had I not been doing that already prior to this happening, I don't know if I would be speaking to you the way that I am now, You know, feeling confident about the future and feeling like, this is just one setback for the biggest come up ever, because that's exactly how I'm viewing it. And, and soon as I come up, I'm making sure that everyone that I personally know who lost will, will be brought up with me. And so a lot of people are thinking all men for themselves. They're like, I don't care about everybody else. I lost my own money. I, I just, you know, but for me, I don't have the luxury of thinking like that because just, I just don't. I've, I can't think that way. And so I have to keep going, you know, because I've been called. Um, I have a purpose. So I have to keep going. I can't let this ruin me. So, you know, when you find your purpose and when you have routines that are rooted in gratitude and just for life in general, yeah, like you're going to see things a lot differently than someone who may not have done the work. Mm. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And it really, you know, I give um, advice and anyone listening to this now, I know, you know, you're listening to this because you want to pay off debt, you want to save the money, you want to quit that job, reach financial independence one day, and all these money goals that matter and, you know, mean something to you. But really what Kiara is talking about, like this daily journey that we're all on this hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second of improving and being your best self without the money. Who are you without that? Because that is the riches. And, I, and, I, and I've been trying to like, I've always, you know, want to bring it back into the conversations I have. And it's not just about the dollar amount. It's the inner wealth that you cultivate and you create. And people was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the money first. <laughs> but that could be taken away from you. Everything that we have, like we can't go on, you know, when we are gone from this earth, it, we can't go with it. And so you, your vessel, who's inside that spirit, that person, like, what is that? And I, that's why I say it's so important to invest you know, the time, the energy, the resources in you, because nothing can take that, be taken from you. That's going to be my biggest investment going, moving forward. My, my greatest investments moving forward will always be in myself and my own personal and professional development. So if I'm spending thousands of dollars, it's going to be on me and my brain, my, my education, my spiritual growth and all that. Something that then no one can take from me, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And this is what I keep saying. And every time, you know, I forgot which rich person or wealthy person, uh, maybe it was Jay-Z. Someone said like, you know, basically you could put me anywhere on this God greens earth. I will triple my worth. Like it doesn't matter. I can, and they have this show. I haven't um, watched it. It's called Undercover Billionaire, I believe. And I think Grant Cardone is, I forgot the channel, um, but they put this millionaire or billionaire, him right now, Grant, in the middle of nowhere with nothing, no resources. And it's like he's charged with, okay, what can you do within a certain amount of time? And again, I don't know what's happening, but I'm sure he'll, he'll be okay. And it's that kind of determination mindset that I think we need to focus on. Okay. So what are you doing now? I know you're doing a lot, right? But what is your plan to rebuild? What are the next steps for you? Thank God. I just secured a really big contract uh, within my business, becoming a productivity coach for inside of someone else's uh, course program, a big name. And I won't mention it here, but so that's been a blessing. And then also just continuing with my one-on-one work, my vision board workshops, my uh, goal setting workshops, which you had, which you brought me. Yes. You came into the money launch club. You did a workshop. Yes. Yes. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like being commissioned to do things like that, I'm going to scale that because a lot of corporations actually want things. What I give you the goal setting workshop, a lot of the, that's in demand for a lot of uh, bigger corporations as well. And so I'm going to be pitching myself to those for those type of opportunities. Um, I'm exclusive for the productivity coaching inside of like course programs right now, but even that can be something that I scale. The one-on-ones are not super scalable, but something that I also want to get into because that's a way for me to offer, you know, a premium high ticket offer, but, you know, really add value to someone's life. I'm coming out with a book that I really like. It's my goal to sell 10,000 copies uh, in this, like within 2021 of this book. It's called Permission to Pivot, Granted, an Unapologetic Guide to Changing Your Goddamn Mind in Life. And then I'm going to publish three more books. So one every quarter. And then in addition to that, my husband's going to continue to trade. But now he's going to be even more serious about it than he was before. And he also works as a contractor still because that is his passion. 
And basically that's, that's what the, the plan is for myself and for him. So we, we're just going to both just walk in our purpose, start to rebuild, live below our means. Next month, I'm moving back in with my mom. He's moving to El Paso to be, to be at his, because, you know, his job is in El Paso. I'm moving to, with my mom to Ohio. So we're going back to the long distance life like we had to do when I was in Zagreb and he was in Afghanistan, because that's how we can reduce our biggest expense, housing, and hopefully food if my mom buys me food. <laughs> Um, but if not, you know, I'm gonna take what I can get, but you know, and, and then just stacking, cause obviously we have more than enough to get another apartment, maybe not keep this one, but we have more than enough to get on an apartment, but we, we want to do what we did when we were in Afghanistan, making 182 grand a year, live rent free, food free, all that stuff and be able to stack and, and, and rebuild faster. And so that's where, that's where we're at. That's what we're doing. And I'm excited because I know that I'm going to be okay. I know we're going to be okay. My family's going to be all right. I'm just more concerned about my family and friends who were in, who were affected by this because, you know, maybe they're not looking at it the same way. Maybe, you know, they're not taking it as well. And so, you know, it's us trying to rebuild not only for ourselves, but for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a story. And I think, again, that mindset part of it is really key. So, you know, not waiting until there is something like this that happens until you lose something or um, you feel the the loss of something physical or tangible, but like doing the work before that, you know, being um, prepared, not just that you're preparing for the worst, you're, you're just preparing and um, being aware of what needs to be. Yeah. If I had to give like some advice, I would just tell people now to start practicing gratitude on a daily basis, no matter how much is in your bank account, no matter how much you have right now, just start weaving that into, into your life. Uh, gratitude being grateful to whomever you pray to for what you have now. So that if it is taken away, you know, that what's important are all those things that are inside of your journey. Which, what, what, what are you most grateful for? Well, I'm most grateful for my husband. You know, I'm most grateful for the fact that I'm breathing, that I'm living, I'm walking in my purpose, that I have a business and maybe it's not like a million dollar business, but it doesn't have to be. It's mine. It's my baby. And I'm working hard to get to that point. So there's a lot of things to be grateful. I have amazing friends, you know, and opportunity after opportunity keeps coming uh, available to me and I'm going to keep seizing and I'm not going to marinate in misery. And so I would, I would tell people to just, to do that, to practice gratitude, to, invest in their personal and mental development uh, and emotional uh, development and just make sure that you're always staying grounded and rooted in, in gratitude. Yes, I love that. And Kira, please tell everyone where they can keep up with your journey because you are far from over. I am. <laughs> so um, I'm active on IG at Miss Unconventional underscore. I'm also on Clubhouse at Kiera Snauskas, but you could probably type in Miss Unconventional and find me because you know, I don't know, I want you to get the spelling wrong. I'm coming out with a podcast called the Productive Boss Podcast. And if anybody wants to to work with me, just um, like as far as productivity, lifestyle design, mindset work is, is, is concerned, you can just DM me on Instagram. I always respond. Amazing. I mean, I feel like I'm going to have to have you on the podcast again in the year to do like a check of um, to see what's yes. going on. So this is awesome. Thanks so much, Kira. Thank you so much. What a story. I really hope you enjoyed and learned from that conversation with 
Kiara. And I'm telling you, we kept saying it in the episode, you know, you think, hey, that would never be me. I would never maybe quote unquote fall for something like that. But as Kiara said, as someone who's well read is all about personal finance and development, this is something that she still was able to get into and lose money in. And so my biggest charge, as always, is to work on the internal stuff, the muckiness inside all of us, and not to tie our happiness to money. I know that is easier said than done. But as always, that can be taken at any moment, whether through investments or some other way. The other thing I wanted to basically highlight is this idea of being able to take calculated risk and to really do your research and not think that you can, you know, get ahead fast and there's ever quick money to be made. Right. And so with that, you know, whether it's me talking about a program I have or introducing you to Terry and her program, Trade and Travel, I want you to have discernment in your decisions on what you can afford to do, what you are willing to risk. I do feel that in order for us to, you know, get to the next level in a lot of areas, we do need to step out of our comfort zone, try something different. That takes risk, but calculated risk. And I hope through the tools of this podcast, through the conversations that I've had on the podcast, through my story, that you are able to make your own educated and balanced decisions. Some of them, you know, will not always turn out the way you want. We will be missteps. You know, I personally still make mistakes. Those things will happen on this journey. What I want for you is to be able to be resilient enough to bounce back from them, to withstand the rain and the storms that come along and are just on the path. So love to hear what you thought of this episode. Let Kiara and myself know. I'm at Journey to Launch. Kiara is at Miss Unconventional underscore. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.